topic now on God's design for marriage, talking about marriage and the family. And we've talked to the men, we've talked to the women. Today I'm going to talk about something that we don't talk about very much in church. But it's beginning to be something that we are dealing with. And that's talking about the the single parent and the widow in the church. You're okay? Bless you. I'm going to let them do that because I know nobody's paying me attention when that is going on. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Talking about the single parent and the widow in the church. I guess since I lost my husband, I've been more, I think God placed this on my heart more, because this is something I've never really heard any sermon about the single parent or the widow. I've never heard, Look, even looking through, trying to find something somebody has talked about, couldn't really find something. But the role of the single parent and the role of the widow, they're probably the hardest things that one has to face. And the church, we need to know how to address and how to work with these people. I'm just going to give you some statistics that I found very, very mind-boggling. 40%, 40, almost 50, 40% of all households in the U.S. today have children or are single-parent homes, pretty much. 25 million children are growing up in a single-parent home. 90, 90, 90, 90% of welfare recipients are single mothers. 70% of gang members, high school dropouts, teen suicides, teen pregnancies, teen substance use, about children from single-parent homes. 63% of youth suicides are from single-parent homes. 70% of every young child you see in the jail is from a single-parent home. I mean, is that not mind-boggling? And then 97% of single-parent families are run by mothers only. So this is not something the church can just not talk about. Because even here, we have single parents. Some are either, you know, they got pregnant out of wedlock. Then there are some that the marriage, they got divorced. Someone was deserted. Or you have, you know, single parents because of, you know, death in the family. So it's very important that as a church, we know how to take care of these people. It's not a very large population we might see in the churches, but we have them. And we need to know how to take care of them. Isaiah 41 verse 10, in in meditating, I kept asking the Lord, I said, for a single parent, be it a man or a woman, what is their most issue that they deal with? And God just put it right in my heart, strength. They need the strength of God to handle the situation they are in. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6. He says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you, single woman, single mother, single uh, father. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And then Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Because that's the biggest issue when you're a single parent. How to take care of your children, how to take care of your family. He says, verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So for the single mother, for the single father, strength for you is different. Strength for you means waking up every morning and going back to that job, even though you're tired. Strength for you means that you don't quit because you have those children to raise, mother or father. Strength for you means you learn to keep quiet even when everything in you wants to yell at that child and put on that child the anger you feel towards your spouse that either left you or even died. Strength for you is teaching that child to trust God even when you don't have food in the house or when you don't have money in the bank. So when God told me strength is what the, 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 the mothers, the single mothers, especially the single mothers, or the widows, strength is what you need, not to give up because all your dreams and all your, all your uh, aspirations about marriage, about what you, what you wanted, what you planned, didn't come to pass. Strength is coming to church when you think or when you know they might be talking about you. That's what strength is for the single parent or for the widow. Strength is not getting bitter. Strength is still being happy, still being joyful, even though life has thrown something at you that you didn't plan for. I looked through the Bible, there was only one woman that I found out who was a single mother. Only one. And I said, God, it's really because God hates divorce. For those that become single parents because of divorce. The Bible says this in Malachi, that divorce covers you with violence. There's so much that goes on out of divorce. Hagar, I will tell you a little bit about Hagar. Hagar was a slave girl that was given to Abraham and Sarah by the Egyptian, by the king in Egypt when they were living. This is a a young lady that left everything she knew behind to follow Abraham and Sarah. And then Sarah, God had given Sarah and Abraham a promise that you will have a child. But here they were, year after year, the child wasn't coming. And Sarah came up with a plan, like we always do, to help God out. And she said, Abraham, go into my maid so that we may have a child. From what I read, that's what they did. That was their tradition. 
you could have a child through your maid and you take the child on. But she had forgotten that God had given her a promise. And of course, Abraham did not argue or fight it. He went ahead and they had a child by Hagar. And of course, as you would expect, things started happening in the home. And eventually, Sarah has the child of promise. Isaac came along, and one day, Isaac was probably, they say he probably was about nine or so. Isaac was playing with Ishmael, the son of Hagar, the slave girl. And Sarah saw Ishmael making fun of Isaac, the Bible says. And she decided Hagar must go. So I'm going to start reading from Genesis chapter 21 because there are some lessons there that God showed me that for a single mother, a single father, it's very crucial that we also hear what God had to, you know, tell Hagar to do. So I'm going to read from verses, uh, chapter 21 of Genesis from verses 14 to 20. So Abraham rose early in the morning, took bread and a skin of water, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it to the boy and to Hagar, and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Besheba, and the water in the skin was used up. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Verse 16, Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shoot. For she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Remember, she was the one crying out to the Lord, but God is telling her here, or God is telling us that he heard the voice of the lad, and he said that twice. Verse 18 says, Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him... A great nation. I'm going to bring out five points from there for the single mother or the single father. Verse 19 says, Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad to drink. So God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. Now, the first thing I must tell you that I had a problem with reading this story was that I went to Genesis chapter 13, verse 2, and it tells us that Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. So a man that rich, why would he give only a loaf of bread and a skin of water to a woman that gave birth to his son? There are some things about God I can tell you I will never understand. Like I keep saying here, if you want to understand God, you're going to go to Walgreens and buy all the Tylenol, all the ibuprofen, drink it all, and you will still have your headache. Because we cannot figure God out. So in, in reading that, I knew I couldn't figure it out. And I knew God knew why he did that. Maybe for the lesson for what we are going to talk about today. Because as rich as Abraham was, he could have given a donkey load of goods and stuff to Hagar for her to go through the wilderness to go back to her people. But he gave her just one loaf of bread and one skin of water. 
And is that not what we see in most cases for these single mothers? You are with a husband who divorces you, or maybe he passed away, and here you are, all you have is something that's not going to meet your need. And in saying that, let me talk to our men here, please. If you are a man here, please make sure that you are preparing for leave something for your children. The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children. Make sure you're not going to, God forbid, you pass away and your child, your children and your wife become destitute. They can't take care of themselves. Or if you are here for any reason, you are divorced. It is still your responsibility. If a man or a woman, you still your responsibility to take care of your children. And so here's Abraham giving this woman, the mother of his child, only a loaf of bread and a skin of water. And he knows she's going to have to pass through the wilderness. Every single parent passes through the wilderness. It is a hard job for one person to be a father and a mother. It is the hardest thing. And especially again, if you have a child who has special needs. On top of that. And so if you are required to give assistance to your ex-wife or your ex-husband. Or if you're here, we talk about the widows. If you have a mother or a father who has, the partner has passed away. It is the responsibility of the family, the children and the grandchildren to take care of those people. Amen? So Abraham was rich and yet all he gave this woman and this child was just a loaf of bread and a skin of water. And of course, they ran out. In Genesis chapter 21, verses 15 and 16, the Bible says that the water in the skin was used up. And then she placed the boy under one of the shrubs, and she went and sat down from him about a distance, because she told herself, I just don't want to see this boy die. And then she started crying out to the Lord. And then God responds, and that's where I'm going to, kind of hanging today and just talk to you guys about. In Genesis 21, 17, it says God heard the voice of the lad. We are not told here that the boy was praying, but we are told the woman was the one weeping and crying to the Lord, but God heard the voice of the lad. Two things he tells me there, that Hagar taught her son how to pray. Hagar taught her son, because if he wasn't praying, God would not have heard his voice. And he told us twice that God heard the voice of the lad. So single parents, if you are listening to me, if you are here or if you are listening to me on TV, you must teach your children to pray. You must teach your children to depend on God when things in the home, when things are tight. Teach your children to pray. Teach your children to cry out to the Lord. Because God heard the voice of the the lad. God is very, very sensitive to children that are being raised in single parent homes or in widowed homes. And again, God told me that thing that when God does something good for you, when God opens the door, as we will see, he opens the door for you to get the finances or the provision. He's doing it for your child. He's doing it because your child needs help. And God told her, God says, fear not. Why was God telling Hagar not to fear? Because God had already given her a promise in the past that she forgot. 
She forgot that God had given her a promise about this boy even before she knew she was pregnant. And the God who gave her that promise, the God who told her that child was going to be born and become a man wasn't going to let that child die now. The same way if you are a single parent here. God has given you a promise for your child. God will not let that child be without anything he needs. Let me read what God told Hagar before in chapter 16 of Genesis, verses 10 and 11. God told Hagar, he said, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. This first time she ran away because Sarah was treating her bad. She ran away and God met her in the wilderness and said, go back to Sarah. This is the promise. She didn't even know she was pregnant yet. This is the promise. God told her, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. So his very name was God that hears. So this same God wasn't going to allow this boy to die. And God had to remind her, fear not. And that's the same thing. God will not let your child die. God will not let your children be without. Now we are going to look at the instructions God gave Hagar. This is very, very interesting. And I was like, God, you really know what single parents go through. The first thing God told Hagar in chapter 21 of Genesis verse 18, told her, arise. He says, arise. What does that mean? Was she sitting down? He's telling her, get up and have courage. The situation you are in is not a situation that you want, but you must not sit down in despair. You must not sit down in helplessness. You must not sit down in hopelessness. And that's the same thing to every single woman here. That's the the same thing to a widow. A widow here. Or if you are listening to me, please arise. Let God lift you from the dust. Let God lift you from the ashes. Stand on your feet and know there is still hope. There is still hope. You have a future and a hope in God. God told her, arise. Stop moping around. Stop crying over the circumstances. Stop crying over what has happened. It has happened. Accept it and get up and plan your life and move on. God said it, God will not allow pain. God will not allow pain if nothing is going to be born out of, the, out of that pain. God will not allow you to go through the fire if there's no reason for it. God, our God is not an angry and mean God. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 17, it says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. And he delivers them from all. Not some, all of their troubles. The second thing he told Hagar was, lift up the lad. He says, arise and then lift up the lad. Mothers especially. If you're a single parent here, or if you're a widow, it is your job to lift up those children. It is your your job because they are already beaten down even more than you. You saw the statistics? For you to have a child that's not going to be part of that statistics, mothers, you're supposed to lift that child up. When it says lift that child up, sometimes you physically have to lift your child up. 
Spiritually, of course, you have to lift your child up. You have to make sure that child is not beaten down by depression. It's not beaten down by feelings of low self-esteem because of what has happened. Because when those kids go to school, people make fun of them. When those kids are in school and daddy and mommy come for children's program that is being done and nobody comes for their own, it does something to that child. So while you are crying over your situation, remember you also have a child to lift up. Lift up that child. And the next thing God told Hagar was, hold him with your hand. That hold him with your hand is not saying that you let that child, you don't let that child ever leave your side. You are always tied to that child. No. That hold means to encourage. It means to encourage that child. It means to give him a future, to make him realize that you can give him, you will give him the strength he needs. You will build the one to guide him. You're holding him, you're guiding him in the way that he should go, in the way that she should go. You're still trying, I know it's not easy to be a mother and a father at the same time. But you are the one guiding that child. Because God told, that's what God told Hagar, says, arise, hold him up. Hold him with your hands. Give him courage. Guide him. Give him strength. You can do it. Then the fourth thing God says, I will make him. He says, I will make him a great nation. God still has plans for that child. God will still make something out of that child. God has given you a promise. That child will become something. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We all know that. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Then we are told here how God provided for her. This is why I keep saying all that we number one prayer. Every believer, your number one prayer should be, God, open my eyes. Because there are a lot of us that have eyes that are open, but we are not seeing. The Bible says here in Genesis 21, 19, it says, Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. That water was there before, but her eyes were close to it. God will open your eyes to provision, single parent. God will open your eyes to what you didn't see before, but you have to keep asking God, open my eyes to what is there for me. God will open eyes. You will begin to see things, and usually it's what is already there. You may already have a gift that you didn't even know that God will use to bring extra income to the home. God will open your eyes. The thing to pray, single mother, single father, widow, is God opened my eyes to the provision that is already there for me. God opened her eyes and she saw a well. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad to drink. And the Bible says, so God was with the lad. And he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and he became something. He became something. Your child will become something. Your child will become something that you can look in the future and see the hand of God, the faithfulness of God over your life. So I want to encourage every single mother, before I have the last 10 minutes to talk about the widow, 
If you're a single mother here or a single father, please be encouraged today. We see you, we know what you're going through. And for our church members, please, if, you, if we, the men here, if we have seen all the single mothers, find time from time to time. The thing is, like Teresa has been, a, we've been together in, in ministry now 20, 20 years. I saw her raise her two children. And I saw how in the midst of that, she didn't get bitter. When we did the funeral for Austin here, you also, those that were here, you saw how her ex-husband honored her because she didn't make those children bitter against, against him. Single mothers, single fathers, you still have, I know being a father and a mother is not easy. I'm telling all of you today, you have a job to do. Let God rise and call you blessed. Let your children rise and call you blessed. Don't live in bitterness all your life. It's not worth it. Forgive things that were done to you. Speak of your ex-spouse. Speak of him good before your children. Because you don't want to mess up their idea of marriage and life. Because of what you experienced. They didn't ask to be born. They were not there when you all decided to get married. They shouldn't be the ones to suffer for the mistakes you all made. We're going to talk about the widows now. And I have just eight minutes. I was surprised when I saw the number of scriptures in the Bible about widows. I mean, if you can, just when you get home on your Bible, type widow, and you will see the number of scriptures that will come up. And I'm like, why are we not talking about this or taking care of the widows in our midst? Like I said the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm well provided for. But we have widows in our midst. And church, it is our duty to take care of them. The office of the deacon, I won't read this, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. The office of the deacon was established to take care of widows. And a whole chapter, of 1 Timothy chapter 5, was written about widows in the church. I'm just going to go over the few points real quick, the instructions that Paul gave to Timothy about widows in the church. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Honor widows who are really widows. Now, I don't know what that means if there are widows that are not really widows. <laughs> when I read that, I'm like, okay, are there widows who are really not widows? But it says, Honor widows. What it means is to put value to them, to respect them. Because sometimes when, when somebody loses her husband or a man, a widow, or loses the wife, it's very easy, and I, I'm going to talk from experience now, it's very easy, what, what am I looking for? It's very easy for people to want to take advantage of that person, of their vulnerability. Don't do that. Honor, because they are so broken at that time. They are so vulnerable. Like I told you, when I came, after my husband died, the first time I was here, it, oh, to be honest with you, it felt like I was naked. Without my, I didn't realize when 
when the Bible talks about your husband is your covering, I didn't realize that it's almost like a physical thing. And so for the longest time, even sometimes, even now, for the longest time, I walked around feeling like I was uncovered. And so in that state, be very careful how you treat a widow. If you read the scriptures about what God says he does to people that maltreat widows, you will not, you won't try it. He says, honor them. Don't take them for granted. Respect them. Protect them. And then number two, God says the family members are to care for widows. That's in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 4 and 8. It says, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home. That's talking about the family now. And that piety means to support. That's what that word means. It says, and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. But if any widow does not, if anyone, sorry, does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So if you're here today, you have parents who are widows. I always thought that scripture was taken out of context. That scripture was actually for widows, not just You know, we use it for family men taking care of their wives, which is still good. But that scripture was in context of widows. So if you have men, women here, your mom or your dad are alone, the Bible is saying that it's your job to provide for them. And that if you don't, you are like someone who doesn't even know the Lord. And then he went ahead and gave command to the widows. And that's in First First Timothy chapter five, verses five to seven. Say now, she who is really a widow again. I'm trying to figure out who is not a widow that will say they are a widow. It says now, she who is really a widow and left alone, trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers day and night. So as a widow, that is your primary job. Your primary job is to trust God and to spend time praying. And we actually saw this in the New Testament. Remember, Anna, the, the, the widow, the prophetess, she was in the, the Bible says she was in the temple praying night and day. So the widows here in our church, I expect you all to be the ones holding the church up in prayer. Amen? Amen. Verse 6 says, but she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. So a widow is not, you know, it just gets to a certain age, you put some things aside. Amen? Because the Bible is saying here, if a widow decides to live in pleasure, and that is sensuous pleasure, the Bible says she's alive, but she's really dead. And says, and these things command that they be, uh, be blameless. And so a widow is supposed to pray, a widow is supposed to trust God, And the widow is not supposed to live in pleasure. And then the instructions to the church, two minutes before I finish. It says, verses 9 and 10, listen to this carefully. It says, do not let a widow under 60 years be taken into the number. That means a widow that is less than 60, the church cannot provide for for that widow. I'm very happy the, the, the Bible is very clear about some things. And these are things that we need to talk about. So that when we want to do benevolence to help widows, we follow exactly what God has said to do. He says, do not let a widow under 60 years be taken under the, into the number. And even when they are over 60, look at the requirements. 
she has had to have been the wife of one man. And you know why I was thinking? I said, why? Because if she's been married two or three times, hopefully one of those husbands provided for her in, enough for her to take care of herself. <laughs> right? She has to have been the wife of one man. And then she has to have been well reported for good works. And she has to have brought up her children well. And she has to have large strangers with me. She has to have a hospitable spirit and she has to be known for that. And then it says, it also, if she has washed the saints' feet, and she has relieved the afflicted, and she has diligently followed every good work. So let me give you the criteria for us as a church that we are going to be using because of Scripture. That's why I love the Scripture. Everything is there. Everything is there from A to Z. So the requirements are for us in the church to give, because I'm going to start giving the widows some little allowance from now. And I'm telling that to the church because God is telling us to do it. He says she has to be over 60 years of age. She has to have been the wife of one man all her life. She has to have lived a life of doing good works. She has to have raised her children well. She has to have a hospitable spirit and she's not self-centered. She has to be one who serves in the church. And she has to be one known for caring for people who are suffering. So that's instructions for every church. And the Ark Fellowship is not going to be any different. Amen? And then they give special instructions for younger widows. That's from verses 11 to 15. Two minutes, guys. Give me two minutes. He says, but refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, as if you're taking care of them, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, <laughs> and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, <laughs> saying things which they ought not. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity for the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some have already turned aside against uh, aside after satan so it's very clear this is very clear so if you have widows and I'm, i know i have a couple of them in the church here that are less than 60 encourage them to get married encourage them to get married and raise their children well so these are things i brought this to finish this series we are doing because i had never heard this done spoken about in church and for some reason i have we have people here we have arena here we have Mama here. Those are the two that came to my mind. Arena was, we've been with us in this church from the very beginning. Served this church as a secretary for years. Pastor Andy was very involved in the church here. And I'm bringing this as a church family because it is our job to take care of her. Mama here, it is our job. She served the Lord. She's an apostle, ministry. It is our job. I mean, we might not have a lot to give them, the widows here, but I want us to do, and especially, I'm, like I said, I'm a widow, but I'm not, I'm not in need, and I'm making that very clear. But if I see something in the scriptures, and if God makes it as clear as water, as a church, we will do it. So I'm asking for your, your support, because I'm going to, I'm letting you all know what we are going to do as a church from now on. Any widow that comes in here, we will take care of them. Amen?
So I'm going to have you stand up. I want us to pray for single mothers and the widows today. Thank you for your patience with me. I know this series, I, I hope you have been blessed in the, with the series of, of marriage and, and the family. Because I believe God really, thank you. I believe God wants us to do that from time to time. These are important things we need to talk about. So I'm going to have Irina, if you don't mind, please come out. If there are any single mothers here, or if you know any single mother, you want to stand in, in the gap for them, please. I just want you to come out. And our prayer partners, would you also come out, please? Thank you, Lord. Cassie, you can turn around. I want you to face me. Yeah. We have quite a few of you. Hmm. The prayer partners, would you just go around and lay hands on them? I want you to get some oil. And for you all standing, please stretch out your hands towards this. Because we can't end this family series without praying for these ones. Because these are the ones that nobody talks about. Nobody understands what they are going through. I know as a single mother, I've had friends who were single mothers. Like I said, Teresa. I know Edith. I know Raquel. Is Raquel here? I know uh, you, Teresa. I know you now. You know, you are, you are a good friend now in my house every week, almost. I've heard stories and I've seen the pain that most of you go through. And so I'm just going to lay my hands on you, Franca. I'm going to ask God to provide as he's provided for you. I'm going to ask God to bless you abundantly, to strengthen you. Strength is what you need. God will strengthen you to do what you need to do. To be a father and a mother at the same time is no joke. But God will give you all that you need to take care of your children. Oh, Father, provide for Mama. Thank you for wonderful children you've blessed her with, Lord. Father, I thank you because you are the one who takes care of the widows. Father, you are the one who comforts them. Father, comfort Mama in the name of Jesus. Father, for Cassie, give her the strength to raise those two girls, God. Father, be with her, oh God. Everything she needs, do it to the glory of your name. Father God, I come against every weariness. I come against any bitterness. Father God, you do what you alone can do and give her the peace that passes all understanding. Father God, I thank you for Edith. I thank you for what you are doing in the lives of her children. I thank you for provision. I thank you for joy that passes all understanding, for your peace that passes all understanding. Father God, do what her heart desires for her. In the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for uni. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Thank you, Lord, for joy. Thank you, Lord, for strength, oh God. I come against every plan of the enemy, every distraction. Let her stand firmly in you, my God. Let her stand in you alone and you alone, Father. Father, peace in the name of Jesus. Peace, 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 oh God. Peace and joy. Father, provide, oh God. Let there be no lack. Let there be no one. For you are the one who provides for the sparrow. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. I thank you for grace. I thank you, God. I thank you for Lucas, my God. I thank you. You are making a great man out of him, a man of God. Your anointing on his life is evident. And Lord, I thank you that he will grow up to be a strong man, strong man of God, to the glory of your name. 
Lord, I pray for Kim today. I lift her up and her boys to you. Oh, God, you are the one who knows. You are the one who hears. You are the one who sees. Give her everything she needs. Peace that passes understanding. The one you give that the world cannot give. Do it to the glory of your name. I bless you, Lord God, for my sister. Father God, I pray, oh God.